Welcome to Journey Church. Our church exists to help people find God, experience freedom, discover their purpose, and make a difference. If you have any questions about Journey Church, please visit us at ourjourney.tv. Welcome home. Welcome to Journey Church. Now, here is John Richards. So today we're going to start off in the book of Matthew. So if you look at this, Matthew 14, 13 through 14, it's going to be the second part of Matthew. So just a little setup before we jump in, because it gets a little confusing. I, sometimes when pastors grab those verses and they just start with the beginning, it says, and Jesus slipped away, right? Where, why, why did he slip away? What started this? Well, part of his family, one of his family members, John the Baptist, was just beheaded for preaching, evangelizing, things like that. He was beheaded because of being, talking about Jesus coming forward right? So that's where Jesus did. Jesus slipped away privately to a boat to be alone. But when the crowds discovered he had sailed away, they, they emerged from all the nearby towns and followed him on foot. So when Jesus landed, he had a huge crowd waiting for him. Seeing so many people, his heart was deeply moved with compassion toward them. So he, headed all, he healed all the sick who were in the crowd. So Jesus was moved by the crowd, right? Jesus saw, he, he wanted to get alone. He wanted to be by himself. He wanted to grieve, right? With this last two years of COVID, we've had, all had to grieve in one way or the other. I don't know many people who didn't lose somebody in the last two years. Praise God, my wife has lost both parents this year. And she still smiles, right? And it, just to see everything the people are grieving about. So I can get it. When Jesus says, I want to be alone. Sometimes it's easier to grieve alone than in a crowd. Amen? So Jesus wanted to be alone. But the crowd said, I see that. I see that Jesus there. So they came from all the towns around, right? It just wasn't Jesus coming from like, you know, this town he's at right now or this other town. They came from all the towns around. So this is before word of mouth social media. This is before the pop-up restaurants, before all the things where you, you send a tweet out if you're a celebrity and then a thousand people show up. This was all word of mouth, people saying, Jesus is here, Jesus is here, Jesus is here. So thinking that concept is, he went on a boat to be alone and he sees this crowd, right? And the thing that I love the most about this scripture isn't that Jesus saw the crowd and went, oh man, Jesus was deeply moved with compassion. Jesus was moved by the crowd because the crowd were hunting him down. They were seeking for Jesus to find his healing and his grace and his love. And Jesus was moved with compassion. And that's what we're talking about right now. Jesus was moved by the compassion of the people. And that's what this week's about, the compassion of Jesus, finding that compassion in ourselves. So the next verse in this section is 15. Later that afternoon, the disciples came to Jesus and said, it's going to be dark soon, and the people were who are hungry, but there's nothing to eat. Here in this desolate place, you should send the crowds away to the nearby villages to buy themselves some food. So the disciples, I, I had a lot of, a lot of different uh, of the translations. In the book of Matthew, it says Jesus was alone on the boat. In the other, book, the other uh, gospels, it says Jesus was with the disciples. But the disciples weren't out ministering to people with Jesus. So the disciples, as I said, the disciples came to Jesus to say, hey, it's late, it's bothering us, we're hungry, we're hangry, 
And we're just ready to, to go, Jesus. We're just, it, it's done. We're done. We've had a great day. Praise God. Let's go eat. That's what we're all going to feel like at noon. Let's go eat. So the disciples didn't understand what Jesus was doing. They didn't understand the grand, the grand picture. They didn't see the compassion of Jesus. They didn't understand what Jesus was doing. And that not understanding is something that we do a lot. We don't always understand what God's doing, amen? I would love to say every moment of the day God's using me, I understand what he's doing, but I don't. I would love to say 30% of the time of what God's doing in my life, I understood, but I probably don't. Because he's got a bigger picture for me than I have for myself. He's got a bigger picture for all of you than he does for himself. So a lot of times though, when we don't understand, as humans, we lead to what? My favorite thing my kids do, especially on long car rides, complain, right? Everybody's a complainer at some point in their life, no matter who you are. I've never met anybody who wasn't a complainer. Even the ones that are super positive, they're usually complaining about something in a positive tone. <laughs> Just saying, oh my Lord, did you see her hair? She is so pretty right now. That's a usually a complaint about something that you know, whatever. But yeah, so they moved because they were irritated. They wanted to, they were hungry. They didn't want to have to worry about all these people. They moved to complaints. Don't believe me? It's going to be dark soon. So it says the disciples said, it doesn't say which disciple. So if you listen to a lot of audio Bibles, if you're driving or things like that, trying to get the word in, usually it's one voice that's doing this. But in my head, I, all the different disciples are saying this, right? It's dark soon. People are hungry. Nothing to eat. Desolate place, send the crowds away. Send the crowds away. What kind of outside the box thinking is that when you say send the people away? And that's where they're at. They were done. They were done for the day. And Jesus goes, no, I'm not done. I'm not ready. Because there's something Jesus knew about complainers that we don't always understand and we don't always get. And the complainers are, complainers cannot serve, they only take. Complainers can't serve, they only take. Even if you're serving and you're working on an event and you're complaining the whole time, you're not serving, you're taking. You may be handing out a box of food, but if you're complaining the whole time, you know what you're doing? You're affecting the mood of everybody else serving with you. Those words that are coming out of your mouth in negativity, in hate, in irritation, or whatever's happening, you're taken away from everybody around you. Complainers cannot serve, they can only take. And that's what Jesus was trying to tell them right now, is the complaints, the irritations, the thing we go through as people. Jesus said it's not about that. He saw the compassion in the people. The compassion of Jesus cannot live inside the heart of a complainer. It's two polar opposite forces. It's like a magnet. When you put the opposite side of the magnet together, they, they fight, right? It's like if you get a UK fan and a Louisville fan in the same house, they fight, at least when the sports are on. They, they, a complaining heart or the compassion of Jesus cannot live in a complaining heart. But so forth, the, the, compassion, the complainer can't live in the compassion of Jesus. The one thing I always love about Jesus, and I read a lot of Jesus, but the one thing I love, if you read through all the Gospels, he never once complained. He was sarcastic, 
you know, you brood of vipers, things like that. But he never once complained. He never once said, man, these Sadducees, they're just jerks. Why are they doing lots to me? Why are they hating on me, right? They never did that. Jesus simply just loved everybody. The compassion for us, right? So we also think about those aspects. But if in the next verse, Jesus looks at his disciples, and I, 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 I'm a visual guy. I'm an online campus pastor. I do video. I love that kind of stuff, so I'm always visually thinking. And I could see Jesus having that, you know, that face going, you guys should get them something to eat. Right, just give them the face like, they don't need to leave, Jesus responded. This is verse 16 and 17. You can give them something to eat. They answered, but all we have is five barley loaves and two fish. Jesus replied, let me have them. So these, the disciples came back, says, Jesus says, you can feed them. And the disciples says, uh-uh, I only got five loaves of bread. You expect me to feed 5,000 people five loaves of bread. I love that we talked about, Kurt, earlier in the service about having the... Uh, how many pounds of food we've given away at Aaron McNeil House, which is, praise God, amazing. But I would love to see if 5,000 people, if you gave Kurt five loaves of bread and say, hey, Kurt, here's what you got. Make it work, right? He'd be praying. <laughs> but that's the cool thing about it is, is Jesus said, I'll take it. I'll take it. And the reason is, is Jesus did this. Jesus loved to send us jobs that course correct our heart. If you guys know what course correction is, course correction is when something is put in your way or something to make you get back on course, right? I am not a Navy man. I'm not a nautical guy. But course correction in a car ride is when you, your GPS says recalculating, right? Recalculating. Because you've done something you shouldn't have done, and it says recalculating. Or your wife says you should recalculate. You turned wrong. But Jesus puts things in our heart to recalculate to get us back on track. Because he realizes we're human. We, he realizes so often that we get off course because of our own human will and intention. I would love to say I've never once gotten off course, but that's a lie. And I refuse to lie from the pulpit. I will say I have not gotten off course in the last 10 minutes. Because our minds wander. Our minds decide where we're doing, what we're doing, where we're eating, what we're doing. And I think so often we lose track of what, where we're going. And Jesus responded to the disciples with this. The course correction for the disciples was, you give them something to eat. You give them something to eat. I love sporting events. I'm a big sports fan. I like baseball. I like football. I love basketball. It's my favorite sport. But when you go to a sporting event... And you see that many people in one gathering. And if Jesus walked up to you and you said, you feed these people. My first thought is going to be, how in the world am I going to do that? How in the world? I mean, honestly, if, if Jesus came into this room right now, I say, hey, Jesus first. But if he came into this room right now and said, you guys, you guys feed. I need John, I need you to feed everybody in the sanctuary right now. Every, I need to make sure everybody in the sanctuary is fed. It's your responsibility. First thing in my head is going to be like, I wonder how much candy we have back there in the back. <laughs> and then there's, are dog bones edible? <laughs> right? So you go, over the, you go over the different things about what you can do in your head, right? So if you're looking at this, about 100 people in this room, if you're looking in a crowd of 
5,000, you're going, it would take us days to fish for this much. It would take us hours and hours to go to enough towns to get enough food for this. But Jesus said, you do it. And the thing is, is they take everything they have, the five loaves, the two fish, they take everything they have to Jesus. And Jesus gives everything. It takes our everything to Jesus for him to show the power of God. The story would not be anywhere near as powerful and any much a miracle if they had a Wonder Bread store right next door and everybody got their own loaf of bread right off the shelf, right? Be cool they didn't have to pay for it. But you know, when you take something so little and you feed so many or you do something so big, that's amazing. And that's what Love Day is gonna be about, guys. You don't see it though. You guys are being the hands and feet of Jesus on October 31st to our community of 35,000 people. You guys are gonna serve 35,000 people. And whether it's through you serving five of them, what's gonna happen is those five impact what's happening in the rest of our community. I served for many years on a group called Kentucky Changers. It is a Baptist missionary group where they take kids throughout the communities and they restore houses. And they would work on one house at a time, one house at a time. They build houses and fix houses. And what would happen in this situation is they would go and they would change one house. Well, then it was a domino effect. The neighbor next door said, that lady's house didn't look as good as mine. And now mine looks worse. So I need to start working on it. So they would come out and start fixing the neighborhood. They would come out doing small things. One small action can have a domino effect no matter what community you live in, no matter what you're doing. I love Pastor Vince's heart. I love what he's doing in our community. I love that whenever you go someplace, somebody's screaming at him, hey, Pastor Vince, right? Uh, Pastor Mike and I went to lunch with him a few weeks ago at Summer Salute and we were walking through and he stopped every five feet to talk to somebody and then he made fun of us for walking slow. Go figure that, I don't know. But everywhere he goes, he knows somebody. And it's not because he's trying to be political. It's because he loves on people. Amen? If you go anywhere with Will Groskopf, I don't know how Julie, sur Julie survives. <laughs> it's gonna take you three hours. Jesse's gonna talk to 300 people. I don't know how you guys do it. You guys are so quiet. But that's Will. That is Will's love of passion. His passion is to love on people where they're at. So he goes where they are. That is Jesus. I've seen so many times I walk someplace with Will or I walk somewhere with Pastor Vince. Don't put those two guys together because then it's like a five-hour conversation. <laughs> I'm just saying, it gets long. Alan's shaking his head. Yes, it is a long conversation. But the great thing is, is they're loving on people, right? I love that they think outside the box that way. Both of them do. Will has been my contractor on several projects in our homes. He's an amazing contractor and he's an amazing man of God. But you know what I love about him is you don't ask, he's not a contractor. This is how I get to talk about Jesus. The outside the box thinking of, I talk about Jesus. I talk about my Lord through my job by helping people, by being there for people. And I have seen him in Lowe's looking to walk to somebody and there's some, some person, some guy just lost as can be about what to find on the shelf. He says, hey man, you okay? You doing Okay. He'll spend 30 minutes helping the guy find whatever he's looking for in Lowe's. I don't know why it takes him 30 minutes because he already knows where everything is. <laughs> but that's just his heartbeat, his outside the box thinking of being there and loving on people where they're at. The same with Pastor Vince. He loves on the businesses. He loves on the community because he loves being in Hopkinsville. 
I love being in a church in Hopkinsville that we think outside the box. We think outside of the love. We think outside of where we're moving forward. We are not stuck in our ways. We're not stuck in what we're doing. In fact, pretty much if you miss a month here at Journey Church, something has been removed, changed, or updated. Marcelo's staying with me at one of, it, me with, for the next month as we work on some stuff for the living faith. And he came in here on Friday, uh, two, Wednesday we came in here and I was giving the tour of the church and he's like, wow, it is so different. It's only been three years. I mean, picture three years ago. What's changed? Everything. Right? So, but that's the thing is like, Jesus walks with compassion for the people. We need to follow those footsteps of the men in front of us. I love getting on staff. I, Pastor Vince and I have a lot of things in common, but we're also very different in a lot of ways. But one of the things I love is that he's a man of God that I will follow. And we are gonna walk forward on the 31st and we are gonna love on the community like Jesus loved on us. Not because we're being told to, not because of anything, but because of the compassion of Jesus in us. We're gonna paint. We're going to do Bible studies. We're going to feed people. We're going to love on people. And then we're just going to keep moving forward because we love Jesus. You know what's going to happen? We're all going to have a great time. And then we're going to do it again just because, just because we want to, right? So if we continue on in the verses, then he said, anyone's, then he had everyone sit down on the grass. So Jesus, this is Jesus having the people sit down. So 5,000 people, no megaphone, no sound system. Everybody sit down. So even the time frame of getting 5,000 people to all sit down together, you got to think how long that would take without any stereo sound or anything. Then he had everyone sit down on the grass and he then took the five loaves and two fish. He looked up to heaven and gave thanks to God and broke the bread into pieces. He then gave it to the disciples who in turn gave it to the crowds and everyone ate until they were satisfied for the food was multiplied in front of their eyes. So... If you continue on the next part of this verse, 21, they picked up the leftovers and filled up 12 baskets full. There were about 5,000 men who were fed in addition to the many women and children. So we don't know the exact number. We know there's 5,000 men, but many women and children. So the concept of being able to take those five loaves and feed people is a complete miracle. It's one of the miracles of Jesus. I'm not expecting you guys to take loaves and do miracles and things like that. It'd be awesome. But on the 31st, we are going to be able to be the hands and feet of Jesus, just like the disciples were. Because the disciples passed all that all the food. They followed Jesus and they passed out all the food. But the thing is, is the compassion of Jesus goes against every aspect of our human nature. So it goes against every aspect of our human nature. Our human nature tells us, I want to take. I want to own that. I want that. I want that new Bugatti Veyron, even though it's way outside of my price bracket. I want that. I want season tickets. I want all these things. I want, I want, I want. Jesus never said that. It's against his, the compassion of Jesus to want, to want more than anything else. So you have to think, the compassion of Jesus has this thing it does in your body, in your life, in your soul. And what it does is it makes you last and everyone else first. How many of you guys like to come in last place? Anybody? Anybody like to come in last place? So last, last, last spring, I helped Pastor Vince coach a basketball team for our paycheck group. And there were only two teams, and we had an outstanding record of zero and everything else. <laughs> Whatever, right? But I loved coaching those guys. 
Not because we lost every game, but because they had fun. They had little dances they came out to. They did things. Like the other team's like, man, I wish my coach was as fun. I wish we had as much fun as that team does. Like you could see the other team verbally saying those things. And everybody's like, the crowd would freak out and start cheering anytime we even made a basket. <laughs> right? It's like the, we're going to be the next HBO underdog story. Except we didn't win ever, so it's still just the underdog story. But... We had so much love and joy for what we were doing out there, what we were coaching. And the players just loving on the players that it was contagious to the crowd. And it just wasn't our family members who were cheering. It was the families of the other players on the other team who were cheering for us as well. It's really weird when the, one of the players on the other team, his sister has banners for your team. <laughs> I mean, it's cool, but it's just, it's, that's what it's about, right? Putting people first. Putting others first. But I personally hate losing. It's like a thing. I had my small group event with my 20-somethings on Friday night, and I was the first one eliminated in a card game we were playing. And I was stewing. I was so mad. And I'm just smiling, going, Jesus loves you. Jesus loves you. Because I don't want to put people first. Right? I mean, none of us do. None of us want people first. But let me ask you a question. Are you willing to say, I'm last so blank can be first? Are you willing to say, I am last so lady down the corner could be first? Anybody, add a name there. Am I willing to be last so Joe Biden could be first? Hmm, touchy one there, huh? Donald Trump. Am I willing to be last so they can be first? That's where we have to have the mindset of. Because when we serve on the 31st, we're going to see people who are not excited about us being there. We're going to see people who don't really care we're there. They just want the free stuff. No matter what we're doing. But you have to be willing to put that person who's irritated, who's angry and upset first. And that's what we have to do. And Jesus set this model up. If you go back to the beginning of this verse. This is the very beginning of it. And he healed all the sick who were in the crowd. Not specifically which ones. He healed them all. There's no... Jesus doesn't see one thing is worse, one thing is better. He doesn't say, okay, we need all the cripples on the left. We need the guys who are blind in the center. We're going to start over here with guys who are completely crippled. And we're just going to move kind of down the row. Jesus doesn't do that. He heals them all. And that's how we have to serve. We have to serve people with the compassion of we are going to do whatever we can to serve as many people as we can because Jesus said serve everyone. The compassion of God says serve everyone. The compassion of Jesus does not allow us to pick and choose. We can't pick who we want to serve. We can't choose what we get to serve. We have no right to say, I can't serve this person. Because what happens when we do that? Jesus calls to serve all, and if we decide to only serve a select few, we have served no one. If you pick and choose who you serve, all you're doing is eliminating the Jesus inside your compassion. 
Because you're eliminating your compassion and just saying, I'm deciding who I get to pick. You're playing favorites. And that is so against our human nature not to play favorites. Earlier, I was talking to Brandy about sports, and I said I was a closet Bengals fan. I'm from Cincinnati, and I like the Bengals when they win, and I don't talk about liking them or knowing them when they lose. So I don't talk about them a whole lot. But, uh, and that's the thing, is we can't be closet Jesus fans. We can't be shouting from the rooftops, we love Jesus. We can't be shouting from the rooftops that he's the king of all in the good moments, but not talking about him in the bad moments. We live right now in the bad moments. When you walk out of the church and you talk about Jesus, people stare at you like you're crazy. If you talk about love, you're even crazier. And you talk about Jesus' love, well, they just want to commit you, let's be honest. Right? But we can't stop doing what we're doing. Jesus didn't stop. Jesus loved us more than anything else, and we can't stop what we're doing. We can't have the mindset of, God, let me just serve the really cool people with the nice hats like Brian. Because I can't do hats like Brian. I just want to be able to feel like I'm included in that group, Lord. We can't do that. We're going to go to the guys with their balding. We're going to go to the guys who are just, who aren't tall or whatever. And God's going to take us everywhere. Because that's his outside the box thinking. Which is crazy to think outside the box thinking in America is serving everyone. But that's what we love. So I want to talk to you guys now about the compassion, the love. This month, prepare yourselves. Read scripture. Read the whole book of Ma- or chapter Ma- or Matthew 14. Read the whole chapter. See what Jesus does after this. But I want to encourage you, find the compassion. Find the love. Find what God's doing in this month. Because this month is going to rock, to be honest with you. I'm excited. I've been really excited about this. If you talk to anybody on staff, you talk to Brian or any of my friends, they're going to be like, you've been excited about this for months. This is the first time in 25 years you've been excited about Halloween. I said, I know. <laughs> I'm so excited. Just see what you can do to serve people. Find the compassion to Jesus. And not just on that day, pray to God and say, hey, God, take your compassion. What can you do today for me? What can you change my life with today? Let's pray. Amen. Welcome to Journey Church. Our church exists to help people find God, experience freedom, discover their purpose, and make a difference. If you have any questions about Journey Church, please visit us at ourjourney.tv. Now, let's go this week and be the church in our community as we focus on loving God and loving others. See you next week.